I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Car Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou. We've got a full episode today, but first we've got to give some props to Ty. He's out in California. He's on a different time. He's running on very little sleep and he is here and ready to go. So shout out to my man Ty for really carrying carrying us and showing up on, on such short short notice and little rest. I thought about it. I thought about sending the text. I thought about letting you guys carry on. But I pulled myself up out of bed, plugged in the mic, <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. I'm like uh, clicking into the link. Tops is going public. We got NFTs happening. You got like CVS grading, SFGC grading going on. People are charging an arm and a leg. Yeah, you pick up a vaccine shot. You get your cards graded. Or, you know, a little bit of both at the same time. We're all over the place. First thing we do want to talk about. Tyler mentioned it. We saw the we saw the news this morning. Tops going public. Um, is it Michael Eisner? Is that his name? Old. Disney CEO uh, is taking the company public. They're being acquired by, I saw the company name this morning. I forget the the group, but evaluation at 1.3 billion will be traded on the stock exchange. Ty, Lou, any first first thoughts when seeing the news? My first thoughts were, number one, I had to learn what SPAC stood for. So I learned what that stood for. What does it stand for? Because I don't know. Special Purpose Acquisition Company. I think it'll be interesting to see. It says Q2 or Q3 is when it will close. Um, until then, I'm interested to see what they focus on inside the doc that they like presented to potential investors that was uploaded to the SEC website. Um, there was a heavy focus on digital, like their their apps, uh, digital collectibles, which obviously is to be expected um, as we move forward here. But I think it'll be interesting to see if they put an additional focus on it uh, over the next few months leading up to uh, their actual go public date. So. NFTs, NFTs, it has arrived on the doorstep and there are going to be a lot of people over the next couple of years that are upset about it is what I think. I think that, that, I think that in this one article that I read based on one quote that they took from Eisner, it's going to be both. It's going to be, they're going to equally push digital collectibles and physical collectibles. I think that they're uniquely positioned to capitalize on the NFT space based on uh, IP rights that they have. I think that Michael Eisner is a legend in the IP corporate brand development world. And I think that we've seen a lot of things happen. Grading, NFT, Obviously, going insane on the collectible front. People saying it's pulling away from the hobby, detracting big money or, or even smaller money from the hobby. We got Jason, our own producer, taking time to write articles about Vivi because he's flipping like digital Batmans and stuff. And I think what just happened was the most iconic card company in the world, you could argue, just said, you know what? 
we're going to be part of this NFT thing too. And so it's officially arrived on the doorstep of the hobby. And I think I'm incredibly excited about it. And I, I uh, just think about the, that both merging into one, these collectible markets, continuing alternative assets, just becoming a class. I think this is a, a major move to make the or uh, the both conversation, the or conversation, not the one or, you know, the and. Both an and, not the one or the other. I'm excited. And also, it was interesting to see 35% of their revenue comes from their candy business. That's what I was just literally going to say is I totally did not realize that that is such a big part of Top's business. It says uh, their candy segment includes iconic brands like Bazooka, Ring Pop, and Baby Bottle Pop and accounts for 35% of its sales. Shouts to Baby Bottle Pop, though. Them <laughs> joints used to hit. Lou, yeah, you know what I'm talking about with the Baby yeah. Bottle Pop. I was a big Baby Bottle Pop yeah. guy and a big, uh, what was the Fun Dip? Fun Dip crazy. Guy. Fun Dip. Dude, fun dips where it's at the sugar stick. You got to Crazy. dip. Oh, man. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. That's Pringles. But yeah, I mean, uh, again, it, it, Lou and I were, when we talked about Top Shot originally, I'm still, you know, I think Lou and I probably still agree. I just don't understand the NFT thing. It's cool. It just doesn't. I uh, I still prefer the physical. So I'm intrigued to see what Tops does with this. It, it talks a lot on here about. So, Rai, you know your IG account that you post a lot of cards on? Mm-hmm. Think about a world where you share just the digital things that you own. But that's just what Instagram is. Yeah, that's my YouTube page. What I'm trying to say is like the digital collectible thing. It's kind of it's kind of already happening. You're using your Instagram to show your collection anyway, digitally and socially. This is something I'll have to come around in in time with. I, Again, I think it's cool because of the uniqueness of it. it again, from what I understand is it's, you know, uh, each one is similar to like a one of one where they can't be replicated. That is certainly unique. Um, but to, yeah, I just spending millions of dollars. I just, again, I don't understand that. It just doesn't do, doesn't do anything for me. Again, I'm not saying I won't learn it in time or be intrigued in time. And just at the moment, I'm trading cards are, are, are happening and they're here and I'm focused on that again. Naive or not to not be focused on, you know, what could be here 10 years from now. I understand. I'm just doesn't doesn't do it for me now. I, I don't know. I don't think it's naive. And I agree. It doesn't do it for you. But I would just say, think of it with an open mind because it's closer. And that's what I think the tops thing is, is like people don't realize how much they're it's going to all look very similar. Like these redemptions when you redeem and it's an NFT and it's in your tops wallet. And then you go to national and having the NFT gets you into the, you know, after party. It's like quickly going to become all that. And for your business, progressing things forward, I would just keep an open mind because I think people are going to really care about their digital collectibles. Okay, fair. And I don't think it's like that tangential away from cards. Are you surprised? Again, we talked about this kind of before we started. Does the $1.3 billion seem low, high? Does that surprise you at all, considering the PSA sale? Again, those are the only two companies we've seen recently with uh, you know, the, the high numbers sell. PSA did 853, $853 million, um, after accepting an offer last November for $700 million. Have you thought about it all, about how those so might compare? I think that essentially what happened was the rights deals. The price was in the rights deals. 
And what it shows to me is that the foundation of those rights deals may be a little shaky based on what how does the IP translate into digital collectibles versus what they have for print, which I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's the I, the IP of tops and the rights deals, and I, and I think that it's low ish compared to PSA, right? Eight seventy. Yeah, it's pretty low. I'm just thinking if you take sixty five percent, if you take the candy off of tops. You ended up at $845 million, which is almost identical to what PSA sold for. Curious that the company that makes the cards sells for a similar to the company that grades the cards. Again, uh, there's a lot more that goes into this. I'm sure those are not, you know, apples to apples. Just curious, again, if you had thought about it at all. I didn't put it in context of taking out the, 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 uh, the confection stuff, but it's interesting. The other thing I think we'd be remiss to, rem- to mention um on the top stuff is as they do go public uh what does that mean for how they drive profits quarter over quarter what does that mean for how much product is getting printed how much product is available i think that is to be determined there are two ways to look at it there is a positive way that they will figure out a smart way to think long term about their business um and then there is a short term way of they will just try to drive short term profits i think that is to be determined digital collectibles you're going to see tops everyone's beloved card company care equally if not more about digital collectibles than physical ones i think we gotta prepare for it so as i'm rocking my patriots gear Mm. figure we've got to address the there's enough green on this show man everybody here's a jets fan um dress traded darnold can i say one thing you're really good at like the purposeful timely outfit oh yeah absolutely like the like, he wakes up in the morning, goes in the walk-in closet, and he's like, "What do I got?" For today? Yeah, like, what are the boys? What would really what's the vibes like, for today? Really bury the boys without them noticing, Absolutely. like right off the front door. Just subtle jabs all the time. It's not even that subtle when you immediately like segue <laughs> on the show and you're like, "Hey, I'm wearing my Patriots." But you didn't say it. All, There's nothing subtle it. about that. Then it just There's becomes obvious, su- and then it just becomes subtle. That's fine, but you can't say it's subtle when you're like, "Hey, we're on the podcast." Guess what? I'm wearing a Patriots shirt. The Jets traded their franchise quarterback. Lou wants to cry. That's, no, there's nothing subtle about that. But but I think it's worth mentioning. We talked about this yesterday. Jets trade Darnold, right? NFL moves are happening. We're three weeks away from the NFL draft, right? We're six weeks away from Dallas or seven weeks away from Dallas. At the end of the month, you're going to have 2021 product coming out here. By the time Dallas happens, you'll have flawless and NT football for 2020. Select comes out Wednesday. The next six or eight weeks for the NFL seem like they're going to be just full of new product, new information, new teams, new players, new, you know, investments, as you would say. I mean, people are going to be looking for the next guy to buy. Just wanted to see what's maybe on your guys' mind as there's so much packed into the next seven weeks of everything NFL. Yep. Um, I would say I have been paying particular attention to this because I'm thinking about what I'm trying to do. Um, there was a little bit of a bump a few weeks ago, which I guess is to be expected, right? It kind of lines up with the calendar, like the hot moments in the NFL calendar, of like free agency's coming. There was a little bump, a little bit of a downtime right now in terms of like prices are a little bit down from a few weeks back. And it's like, here comes the draft. There'll be a lot more uh, certainty about where things are headed for this upcoming season, and I think we'll see some moves. 
I would argue that Darnold is a big domino to fall to see, like, to officially confirm the Jets are probably going quarterback at number two. Carolina. It's actually interesting for Carolina right now, right? Like, are they going to go QB at eight or are they going to draft another receiver, draft a lineman, trade down? Like, there's a lot of options for them now. It's very, very interesting. I'm thinking about quarterbacks and I'm going to say it again. There's a little more momentum this time. So I think there's something to the skill position players this year. Eventually it's going to happen. I don't know when it will. I think something to, it's something to monitor, not not make a play on immediately, but something to monitor. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. Those are the guys, in my opinion. That is, uh, Tyler, I couldn't agree more with that. In 2018, we saw, what, four quarterbacks go in the top 10 because it went it went Baker, Darnold, and then you had Rosen and was who was the other Josh? one? Was, was Josh Allen that high? Josh was the fourth quarterback taken. Baker, well, Darnold, you had, you Rosen. You had five in the first round because you had Lamar go 30th or 30th yeah, or whatever. It was Baker, Darnold, Rosen, Allen, Lamar. This reminds me so much of that year. With a, with a few discrepancies. One, the quarterback at the top is much more sought after than anybody in 2018. Baker at the time wasn't expected to be the number one pick. He's, you know, I, I think decent now, but um, Trevor Lawrence is is going to be huge at the top. But I realistically think the first four picks will all be quarterbacks. Yeah, so actually, you know what I wanted to ask you, right? In, if you're getting select right now and you're going to pull an XRC for quarterbacks, do you want QB three? Or do you want QB five? I want QB one times 10. That's what I want. Great. Wherever the value will like, again, if is QB three, 800 and QB five is 200. Cause I'll take four of the QB fives, right? If they're 150 and 160 each, I'll take the, the higher QB. Interesting. Because I think you're in a scenario here where it could be like, Mac Jones going third, it could be Lance going third, it could be Fields. Like any of those three could come out in any order, I feel like right now. I would love to clip this yeah. and find out what happens three, four weeks from now. I think it's smoke to get Fields to fall. You think it's smoke? But then why wouldn't SF just come out and say, here's who we're taking? Because what if the Jets want him at two? Pretty clear they don't. <laughs> sure. I'm not saying they do. I'm just But like either but even if they do, okay. Force the Jets to take to take them then. What is Allen's PSA ten? Josh Allen's PSA 10 doing compared to Darnold right now. Pretty sure he's over 700. Substantial, I would assume. Are you looking up Darnold or Allen? I know know Sam is like 250 based on the last 24 hours. The last Josh Allen PSA 10 did $1,025. Yeah, Darnold's about 240 range. It's about right. $1,225. Gotcha. So about a thousand bucks versus two fifty. So the four Darnolds or one Allen. Darnold's a buy. Darnold's a buy for sure. Not necessarily, because he does potentially have a quarterback competition to deal with. Bridgewater. There's They also play in the same division as the Buccaneers. And the Falcons. So you're hoping for a wild card spot. Right. Again, let's think futuristic here. I'm not saying Darnold's good. I have a lot of Darnold stuff. I think Darnold is talented. Look at Adam Gase. What happened when Tannehill left Adam Gase, right? He was Ty's MVP pick. I mean, Gase is a QB ruiner. So do I think Darnold is talented? Yes. But the same reason I think Justin Herbert's talented, I'm just not picking you to get past the Chiefs every year. So do you, yeah, sure. You're going to go to a wild card game and play, you know, 
in green in Lambo mm-hmm. and Picky to beat the Packers, who might be the fourth seed. Probably not. Yeah, that's fair. You going to you going out to Seattle and beating Russell Wilson in the wild card game? Mm, probably not. It's all bad. I think the interesting play, and I, I this is what I'm most excited for, is when I'm Dallas so comes around, you're going to have all of the big 2021 st- or 2020 stuff out with NT Flawless. I believe all of those will be out by then. You have Select coming out this Wednesday. So you have tons of high-end, desirable 2020 stuff with Burrow, Fee- or Burrow Herbert, Hertz, Tua, all those guys. And then you'll also have the new stuff. You'll have Prism Draft Picks, Leaf Metal. You'll have products with 2021 with Fields, Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Waddle, Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, Mika Parsons, all those guys. And you're going to have, I just think football will be on fire. And it's also the exact same time the NBA playoffs start. It's going to be busy. Dallas in May will be wild. It's going to be super busy. My hotel's down the block, unfortunately. You could stay in my room on Sunday. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. That means a lot. Here to here to help. Here to bring value. All right. So let's transition into a topic Lou and I have been talking about for the last twenty four hours. I think we've got to address the current grading situation. Uh, we we went live last week when PSA completely halted grading, um, except for Super Express or Walkthrough, and. I've mentioned before we're going to we're going to run SGC submissions. Uh, we've talked on the show about SGC, HGA, C, SG, CGC, and Beckett really being kind of the four options at the moment. GMA, if you want to include them as well. Ty, Lou, thoughts on the current situation? Because I know where I'm going to lean on this, and Lou and I differ, you know, greatly on this. So, Ty, I guess I'll start with you. What's your current state of you get some new rookie cards from Select tomorrow. You got some Prism Basketball from last week. You, you maybe got some Prism Soccer EPL from a couple weeks ago. What's your current thought process like for, I got some cards. I want to grade them. This is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about PSA Super Express. First thing, do they fit that? Are they worth me sending there? And then I'm thinking about back in an SGC. and turnaround times and what I'm looking to do with the card. Meaning, am I looking to sell it as soon as humanly possible once it's graded? Then I'm going to the fastest option, which is why I immediately say like Super Express because 300 bucks on a card that will sell at 800 as a PSA 9, like it's a good, it's still a good option. And I think it's not talked about at all. But uh, but I think it's worth pointing out. I want to be very transparent about this. It's not really three hundred dollars. A lot of group submitters charge three seventy five to three you know four hundred dollars. Like if you submit one card, the return shipping from PSA on one card is not like five dollars. It's like seventy dollars. Like you're submitting a. That's good to know. Talk about yeah. So like uh, 
But I'm just saying, like, when this is why group submitters work out as well, because they submit 50 cards Super Express, and the shipping is spread across all of those cards, not just your one. So I, I hear the $300, and I'm like, that's not really realistic. You're not actually paying $300. You're paying closer to $380, $400 for it to get it there, get it back, all of that stuff. So I agree with you 100%, Ty. I just wanted to be I like, appreciate I think it's naive it. to say that I, it's 300 that. if it's actually closer to 380 Amazing. That, that is a great point and thank you and cool still my first move 100 percent agree then from there then i'm looking at be back in an sgc and those are the only i know there was one episode probably about six weeks ago that you know we started to dabble and throw some hga smoke out there no i'm not thinking about ever sending a card to that company personally so I agree with you 100%, and I know Lou will agree the same. The same. We all agree 100%. The first thing you do when you get a card is say, hey, is this worth sending to PSA at $375 to $400? Lou, agreeance on that? Yep. Yep. Can I ask you a question? Um, are you still sending Super Express stuff right now? Like, oh, Did yeah. you go to a halt? or? Nope, so you're still doing Super Express. And cards are coming in? Oh, yeah. Yep. Again, now... We're talking a, uh, I won't give numbers, but it's not, they're not even comparable to what it was before, right? When PSA is doing everything else, you know, we're talking. What was your lowest pricing option before speaking general terms? No, like just before. Like in early March? Yeah. People, it was like $25 for anything TCG or 2018 and older. So it would have been like the modern stuff. So like, you know, your 75 tops or 75 tops baseball. So it's like 12, it's a, it's like 11 X the amount of cards that we need to go through to make like roughly the same dollar amount. You got to remove the margins on the shipping and whatnot. Just trying to think if, if it was $30 and $300, you could take nine X, not good at math, less cards in, and it would be the same total revenue. That's what people need to think about with PSA didn't follow you there but okay like if you were like I'm getting uh 25% the amount of cards there would be more dollar value getting graded super express than he's saying you're making the same profit capacity, yeah. but the price point's higher so account. your margins are the same revenue for PSA yeah. I'm, I'm alluding to the fact that I think that they will remain an expensive service Agreed. I think we all talked about it on the live. This is where Lou and I were talking is Lou would not send. Um, we got to be transparent. Lou doesn't want to send something to SGC. And my argument is the same argument I've made before. Jay said he's going to try to find the clip about time value of money and flipping something in a shorter period. Because not everything is going to PSA as $375, $380. It's not going to happen. I asked Lou, Lou, you get a prism base lamello. Lou's first thought, Super Express. Okay, and but Lou's very next point, this is fair. What about Anthony Edwards? Because I wouldn't send them Super Express. So the option really becomes if you get, let's say, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Burrow select rookies tomorrow, where are you going to send those? Lou might tell you Super Express for Herbert, but Burrow and Hurts might not make sense. So then the argument's going to become, we're going to roll it out at $37 a card for SGC in 20 business days. That's going to be an option. 
The only comparable option at the moment guaranteed would be through Beckett. Similar turnaround time might be a couple days sooner would be $165 or trying to get in with HGA. Those are really the only comparable options at the moment. If you want to submit immediately, those are your options. Correct. Okay. So let's start there. Yep. My point is a few weeks, a few months. That's what you got to do. Keep going. My point is, is I just don't think it that people are not going to want to grade cards and wait three months for PSA to say, yep, the $30 option is still available for one year turnaround time. I think the argument is going to be made that if I could send a card to SGC for $37 and have it back in less than one month, likely closer to two weeks at $37. I know Lou's argument is, what if you get a nine? You're, you're not going to have the resale value. Agreed. What's it's not there yet. That's what we'll charge to have a card back in about 15 to 25 business days. I think people are going to still want to grade. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm not saying it makes sense for everything. I, I completely agree. PSA Super Express is still the first option, but you're not going to pull a Joe Burrow select rookie and a Jalen Hurts select rookie and an Anthony Edwards prism rookie and be like, ah, I'm going to wait three months. I just don't mm-hmm. see that happening. Mm-hmm. I think the argument is if you get in, you buy, let's say you buy two boxes of first off the line select, you buy a box of prism basketball and you buy two prism EPL breakaway soccer boxes. You rip all this, it's $5,000, $6,000 in product. You rip all this and you get a bunch of cool cards. To maximize your money in, in, in cards right now, even if you got in breaks or you bought lots at a show, you're maximizing money grading cards. You, and and it, I just think it's, if you wait, look at Loose Cat. It's insane. Look, He's it, out it, of it, his it, mind right now. If, if, my, my concern is waiting three months for PSA to come back and there not be an option, right? What's the option going to be, Ty? $160 for two months? Yeah. Again, I'm just going to stick with the fact, again, not every card's going there. When PSA opens back up, I'll send tons of cards to PSA. PSA mm-hmm. is a great option. I just think this is going to move SGC closer to the, the 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 two argument to Beckett at $37 in the same turnaround as 165 I just don't see the difference in the BGS grade versus the SGC grade at the same price at the moment. I just don't think you can justify spending 4X the money. for a, It's not going to sell for 4X the price. Mm-hmm. Certainly not. Do you, at a table at a card show, because yes, grading, 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 sending cards is one thing, sure. and then there's the selling of, or, or moving, or collectability of yep. said cards. Do you think there's going to be a change on that side of the equation? My argument would be, if it's the only thing out there, does that make it more desirable? That's my, that, and again, I don't know the answer. This is, I'm answering a question with a question. Tyrese Halliburton prism base cards. Yeah. Okay. Not somebody you're sending super express. Most likely some people will just again, be low, low pop, get the cards back. But my thought is, and this is where I think this, 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 this has been a cycle before PSA comes out three months from now. And they say, we're only doing a card that it's going to cost you a minimum of a hundred dollars. Okay. So Tyrese Halliburton becomes a hundred dollar, becomes a hundred dollars to grade it. There's not very many of them. It's so expensive. You get them back and the pops are really low. Like 
original Pokemon type numbers, less than 500, right? Mm. Does that raise the price of those singles and put demand on some of these other companies because those prices are so outrageous? I just, if the only thing you can buy for the next three months is a Tyrese Halliburton SGC 95 or an HGC 95 or HGA 95, excuse me, or a Beckett 95, is the price between those three, like, I don't know. I, I I think about that a lot. What is the market going to say the demand is for those grades? Because I think the days of you seeing everything in a PSA slab are done. I just don't think that's realistic. Really? Yeah. Like this is an example I give. I've given this a lot. In early January, somebody submitted 20 DK Metcalf second year prisms through us to PSA. Those days are done. I just believe that to be the case. But I don't think. Aren't the- we trying to solve the issue of there's too many slabs? Because all you're doing is creating more slabs. Why are you trying to solve? Why why is that an issue? If the market, because because we both agree that it's stupid to slab and try to resell DK Metcalf second year prisms, or do we not agree on that? Because that's what I think. I'm I'm just saying when Justin Fields comes out, if you told me I could have an SGC ten ten contender, that's not what we're talking about. I'm not talking about Justin. I'm not talking about Justin Fields. But I'm talking about collectability because the reason you grade cards is for the end cards. You're going to have an end consumer. Or the cards have no value at all. That's Tyler's whole point, like he mentioned earlier about shoes. Do you think there's a lot of? What do you think the viability? Hold on. What do you think the viability of a DK Metcalf second year prism base is? There will be more DK Metcalf prism graded than there will be end consumers. Right, but so now what you're saying? But we could say whatever we want. The end game of the whatever the other grade price is is that's just going to go to there. So it's not going to stop getting slabbed. I'm not saying that's what I would grade, though. That's fine. I'm, but the ultimate end game is that the math is the math. So if people are going to submit it, they're still going to be in slabs. A- agreed. My argument about grading with SGC or HGA or a lesser company isn't about grading that card. I think that card is not something you would grade regardless. So my argument is the not not the the main tier guys. I'm saying this has become we've become cars here. PSA is a Lamborghini. Other companies are Toyota and Honda and not, we're not on the same scale. So I'm not saying grade the, you know, the DK Metcalf second year prism. I'm saying the market still will want an Anthony Edwards graded card or a Joe Burrow select graded card or a Tua Tagovailoa graded card. And the option doesn't make sense for PSA. If you submit it to PSA Super Express and you get a nine, you're getting smoked. Hundreds of dollars you're losing. Agreed? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I think if you do an SGC nine, you're getting or an HGA nine, you're getting smoked as well. Agreed. My argument would be is I could grade ten Tuas for the same price as one PSA Super Express, and average on those ten. If they're reviewed, right? We offer reviews. Other people offer reviews. If they're reviewed, and you feel good about them being nine fives or tens. Average on those, you'll make more money on the 10 you grade, even if you get multiple nines, rather than submitting one to PSA and hoping it's a 10. I'll take the 10 average over the one every day of the week on that card. I'm saying on a LaMelo Ball Prism might be a different conversation. On a Justin Herbert Prism Gold Auto BGS, or a Prism Gold Auto Rookie 10, PSA Super Express, 100%, I won't argue that. My argument is going to be on the cards that don't have the $1,500 resale value. I think the smaller stuff, the the base rookies, that's what people want graded. And that's where HGA, SGC, and some of these other companies yeah. have real market potential. Velocity. 
Do you see anyone in the market buying HGA though today and going forward in a serious manner to collect HGA? Just asking. And, and this is this is what I just that's what I tried to answer a minute ago with the question is will people buy it when it's the only thing available? I don't well, like I think if I go on eBay and I search HGA mm-hmm. sold cards, I think eighty percent of those people are buying them because of the hope that they can put them in a different plastic That's covering. That's always what more. it comes down to for me. Ultimately, we're always trying to get back to the other thing. I disagree with that. Okay. We're you think people out. are buying? Because it I think to collect? You, you, everybody views PSA as the grading company, right? It is right now. There's not an argument that PSA is the grading company. Beckett is there too. I, I, PSA is on its own level. SGC and Beckett are closer to each other than, than they are to PSA. PSA is in a world of its own. It's not even comparable. Nothing else is on, on the same level as PSA. So my argument is, if you think PSA is the, 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 the one, the all, the holy, if you think it's PSA, are you viewing, you're not, the reason they don't sell as well as a 9.5 or a 10 is because you don't think they're the same level as PSA. So why would you crack them out of that case if you view their standards are not as high to try to grade it with a company whose standards are much higher? I think people are like collecting Beckett, though. Like, mm-hmm. I think people are, then consumer is sitting around saying, I'm going to have these for the rest of my life. Beckett, some SGC, but Beckett way more than SGC. And I think PSA I dis- I and Beckett are- I disagree with that. Yeah, that's not true. I don't think that's true at all. Just because they've been there in the past doesn't mean they'll retain it in the future, right? Like, I can submit two cards to SGC through our way at $74, have them back in one month. We, we charge currently 65 to send it to Beckett, and it's back in, they're telling people, six-plus months. So are you going to send two Joe Burrow Select rookies, SGC, and have them back in one month, or one back one to Beckett and have it back in six months? So when people submit to SGC or to HGA, I think those are the two comparables on the bottom at the moment. I think the argument, you know, the only reason I say SGC is because they're not capped, right? Like you could submit 10,000 cards to us. You can only Mm -hmm. submit 3,000 cards to HGA a week and it's five per person. So those are the, that's why I use that example. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think when there's a lot more volume on the market, where does the dust all settle? Yeah, very, very true. What, What happens when the market, when there's, 15,000 more cards of SGC graded on the on the market in the next six weeks. Because let's just be honest, in the next two months, let's say a week, June 1st, are there going to be more Prism basketball cards graded PSA on the market or SGC? That's not fair though, Ryan. I'm, I'm just, but, That's but, not a fair comparison though. I, but I'm not saying that the, the market will accept it. I'm just saying what will happen when that happens. I think we're we're running into an issue where we're talking about like short-term gains versus like patience and like what is the long-term value of a of a Absolutely. card. A hundred percent agree. I don't disagree with that. And and why w- the, there's diminishing returns over a long period of time when these are just financial arbitrage. When you're talking about short-term services. gains, that's not a long-term solution. In any form. When you're talking about short-term, grade to flip is not a long-term solution in any way. So I don't think it's fair to say how many cars are going to be available in six weeks or six or two months or whatever the fuck. Because that's what's... The, the only option is the thing right now. So that's not fair. So Ty, let me ask you this thing. Because I know what Lou's opinion is. He, he would not choose to. 
do you think that the demand in grading will lead to more collectability on their do you see what I'm saying? If there's a lot more cards graded in the next year from SGC, right? Let's say PSA doesn't ever bring back an option that's cheaper. Do you think that will lead that will have any impact on collectability of the slab? Lou does not. I know Lou does not. Lou will not grade with SGC. Yeah, I don't think people modern. I don't think the modern demand cares to collect those assets as much. And I also then I'm sitting here and thinking and saying, well, tops. I just Michael gotta say Eisner, the same exact same NFTs. exact thing. You're telling me that somebody doesn't collect something now, so it can't be collected in the future. But the argument is the same thing for NFTs. No, what I'm saying is that tops doesn't want their cards going to these companies because why? Can't, like they're just giving up margins, and these companies are smart. Once you release the one of one Trevor Lawrence, like digital collectible, and it's more of a thing, they're going to keep pushing that. Uh, PSA has been, I think, defined as like that authentication matters. Beckett, I think, as well. I think SGC is a third in there, and I think the rest are simply arbitrage, financial arbitrage machines, and won't get there. I would also like to point out when I the other thing we I didn't get to say this before when I was thinking. We gotta go yeah, to yeah we're gonna we're gonna too. wrap it up real quick. The the SPAC thing with Tops, I looked at all of their licensing, and you had mentioned their the licensing licensing aspect makes it kind of soft. When are we getting to a place here, especially if digital is really gonna become a, a long term solution, which obviously it is? Why would uh, the UFC not just do it themselves? At what point? digital collectibles why would they not just bring everything in house at what point is because we talk about psa as a middleman company like all like tops penny like they're all middlemen it's just a matter of when does it become financially viable for the league to manage the process themselves because really all they're doing is outsourcing something right now so at what point does the barrier like does the cost become low enough where it's viable for them to do it themselves or will it ever be that and i don't know because right now it just feels like it's just a matter of a trade off of the money they're paying, uh, the money they're receiving, the money they're taking in from tops is enough for them to not do it themselves. The add on of the work of managing all that. So I don't know where that is, but that's just something I was thinking about as well. Okay. All right. So we can talk more about this. We could probably do a live one day this week and talk more about this. Um, again, that's the one thing I like so much about the show is we all have very different opinions on this. My, uh, I'm very much looking forward to. What the scenario you brought up of June one Dallas Prism slabs Lamella Ball? What's going to be on the market, and how is that going to be perceived? Only time will tell, right? And again, I think the best part about this is is I'm not right, Lou's not right, and you're not right. You know who will be right? The market. The market will decide on this, and we'll find out from this six months from now, six years from now. We'll know more then. Everybody has an opinion now, and only thing we'll tell is is time. So that's like I said, that's that's what I enjoy so much about this. Play of the Week, again, is brought to you by eBay, your number one stop for all things cards and collectibles. So as always, if you're new here, this is a segment we do where Jay introduces a couple plays of the week submitted by the users, you, or the listeners, you. Um, you can submit plays to us via Instagram at Card Talk Pod. But essentially, Tyler, Lou, and I have not seen these. Jason vets them, picks four or five of these 
and we uh, we determine which one is the winner. Let's go, Jay. What do we got, Jay? Big day. All right. So it says uh, this is from Nikhil. It says I picked up the Squirtle Trainer Deck B PSA ten this past week after Jeremy mentioned it on your live and looking at the pop, talking to collectors uh, like uh, don't know who that is. SMP, they're probably a, a big collector. Uh, Trainer Deck B seems to have the same features of historical desirability that Top Sun currently has, but has more documentation and is rare compared to being scarce. I can see a similar run-up of these, like, no number cards, and I will probably be buying more soon. Lou, you're the Pokemon expert. Thoughts on this? Yeah, so Jeremy talked about it a little bit, just for anyone who isn't aware. So these Trainer Deck Bs were, you know, uh, the first things that were released in the United States. I believe, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they were used in, like, early battles at, like, collector stores and, like, GameStop and stuff like that. They pack pulled? No. So it was like literally in a, it, it came in like a set basically. And so they're extremely rare. And the reason they're so hard to come by in high grade is because they were all played heavily. So they're extremely, extremely rare. I agree. My question, be, the question becomes like the positive, the positive view is they're extremely rare. And if you were a kid in, in the nineties and early two thousands, who was playing at those events early on, those are extremely collectible items to you. And especially if you love Pokemon or if you're a big Pokemon collector and you love the history, right? That's the upside of that. The downside is like, why would you spend money on that when you can just buy a first edition 10 instead? So like, that's the question I have. Um, but I'm a big fan of trainer deck B. I, I had, I own some trainer deck B as well. So, so I don't know much about this, so I'm not going to speak to it. Lou says he's a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, probably won't win my play of the week, but Lou's the Pokemon guy. I, I trust a lot of his instincts on these. So um, looks like a cool play. And if Lou likes it, I like it. Jay, what's the next one? Wow, crush Ty. No Ty's in California. He's still waking up, right? I mean, he's had a long morning. No, I'm looking at the demand of Squirtle on eBay right now. Next, Jay. All right, so here we've got, this is from Life with Allie. <clears throat> it says, got this card back in 2017 for Christmas from my parents. They bought a box for $20. I opened them a few days later and put them in sleeves immediately. Thought I would try my hand at selling some of them. This would go for a lot more if it was graded, but I'm okay with what I got for it and excited for my first sale. That's amazing. Let's go. So I like this because like this is what Tyler is so um, it always preaches and it's about repetition, right? So you like, Tyler always says, and I got to give him props for this because he's he brings up a good point. He's like, you you know, it's easy to say you have $5,000 worth of cards, but until you sell them, until you realize that value, you don't really have that, right? And there's a lot that goes into it. So I like this. Um, again, I think it's interesting to point out here, Ty, that um, she mentioned, I could have graded this. Uh, yeah. I chose mm-hmm. not to. I decided to sell it. This is what Tyler and Lou and I have talked about before with PSA not being open. Not everybody's going to choose SGC. Not everybody's going to choose HGA. Not everybody's going to choose Beckett. Some people, a portion of the market, will wait for PSA or not great at all. Um, so I think this is a this is a good play. Yeah, great play. I respect it. Shout out Ali. Shout out women of the hobby. I also do. You, I don't. I thought I would try my hand at selling. This would go for a lot more if it was graded, but I'm okay. And it was my first sale. Um, I think she'll probably be grading i think the taste of that margin is super nice it looks like someone probably picked up a banger patty mahomes raw and is gonna submit it you know what that does in a psa yep, nine or ten i'm looking right I think now it's a good amount more a psa nine mm-hmm. did 550 
So plus ten. And attended hmm. fifteen ninety seven. So. Eighteen ninety nine. So you buy that for three hundred. Yeah, I mean it's it does a pretty it's a pretty good super tent. express for the season three seventy six seventy. You're making kind of a bet of either a thousand dollar upside or maybe a loss. Yeah, a loss of a hundred, hundred twenty plus one thousand odds. Not too bad. Yeah. All right, Jay. Next one. All right. So this is from Dave Kahana. It says. Bought and graded these for $15 each. Um, he bought these in January of 2019. They're Jay-Z Tops Chrome Refractors. He sold a PSA 10 yesterday for $6,800. Big fan of the play. Big fan of the play. And I like the payment receipt. This is a nice I, touch, I, Jay. You know what I like the most about this? Patience. This is something I, I couldn't preach enough. If you like something... It, this is what Lou and I, Lou and I've had a lot of conversations about this where Lou's like, I trusted my gut. I didn't trust my gut and I did make a play. This guy trusted his gut and bought three of them. So if you really trust your gut and you really know what you're doing, buy Bro, we got one for a dollar seven. It's incredibly low. A dollar seven, bro. Like it might've been the one he sold. He paid a dollar uh. for it and then he sold it for 6,800. I know Dave. So Dave, I know Dave. I've talked to Dave a bunch. He's been talking Shut about up, these Jay Z cards for months. It might, it might have been over a year at this point. Crazy um, for the one one. He's been a big believer in these. Obviously, we've seen those sales. What did that one sell? It was like a hundred grand or something like that. Yeah, the really rare Jay. Um, so this is a big one. I'm pumped for Jay. This is a, uh, I'm pumped for, pumped for Dave. This is a big sale. Yeah, hard, hard to argue, right? Buy something for you know hard, spent. Yeah, can't argue against sixteen dollars to six thousand. He spent, you know, $50 in total or less on these cards, spent $15 each to grade three of them. You know, that's, so he's got less than $100 in all three of these total and sold his first one for 6800 and has, assuming, two left. So that's pretty, uh, it's pretty good. Even if they're nines, even if they're eights, still, still pretty good. All right, Jay, what's next? Uh, okay. I'm hoping that Golden Auction 100K Jay's Hill could bring more attention to the market. This dude bought it? It's the dude that bought it. This is the guy who bought it. They're in the same make a play. Wait, what? So the guy this that the sold it at the end is the guy that bought it at the end. So somebody bought at 6800 Ruthie's card collection bought it at 6800 as their make a play. And they said, I'm hoping that the golden auction, 100K JZ sale, could bring more attention to the celebrity market. And so he's buying a bunch of them. You like this card? I like this card a lot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to mention it on the other side, but like, I I'm a huge fan of these cards. Um, this is, I do like the card. Yeah, I think it's a large financial investment. I'm not gonna pretend it's not. It's you know, twenty thousand or fifteen thousand plus dollars. So it's a lot of cash. But I'm a big fan of these. I think they're definitely a long term hold. Yeah, I mean, Dave clearly won. I can't believe that we got the buyer and the seller in the same mega play. But here we are. Is there one more, Jay? Or is that it? Mm. There's one more. All right, so this is from Ryan Nolan. It says, sold a few cards over the past weekend for a decent profit. Have been eyeing the LeBron 2008 Topps Chrome Refractor for a while. Saw PWCC at two tens ending soon. Have never had more than 3K to spend on a card. Went with my gut and bit 9K on, uh, bit 9K, ended up getting it for 8,500. Grail achieved with an insanely high ceiling. Lou, 
I love this card. This is Agreed. my second or third favorite LeBron card of every year that he released. I think right now it's a very good buy time for LeBron. Obviously, everything LeBron right now, I think, is down across the board, except except for his 2021 prism, which is another thing in itself. Yeah, I mean, Brian mentions it, right? Like, a lot of times what happens on PWCC is multiple cards from multiple of the same card get released, and one or two of them are going to go low. It happened with Charizard. I know specifically because I was paying attention. It happened with Charizard recently. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the ten? No, there were the nines. They were there was multiple nines. I think one did like super low. Um, so I'm a big fan. Eighty five hundred is a good buy on this. I don't know the recent purchase prices. I would love to see them. Um, but as we head into the playoffs here, it's yeah, it's it's a great card. It's a really and this is the year. This is the year of the Kobe card too, right? Yeah. yeah so this is a great card. I'm a big oh eight set is fire. so sweet. Yeah, such a great photographer. Such a great set. Yeah, the set was so sweet just with the team design and then yeah like some of the color variants and whatnot yeah if you believe in cards and you believe in lebron this is a awesome card long term Mm -hmm. this is probably going to be one of lebron's more iconic just you know non-autographed type cards Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just this photo again like lou said with the kobe still in that set this set will do and you know the other thing about this i just thought about this we talk a lot about first year of something. We don't talk enough about last year. This is the last year of Topps Chrome basketball. There's huh. Topps Chrome in 2009, 2010 Topps, which is when Curry's a rookie. But the only cards in there that, to my understanding, I would love Chris, a House of Jordans, or one of our listeners who's big into basketball to, to confirm this. But my understanding is, is the only Chrome in 910 basketball is rookies. Hmm. So I believe this would be the last full year of Topps Chrome basketball again because nine ten had Curry and had those guys inserted into Topps and then Topps went away hmm. for basketball. Interesting. So if that's the case, that's a very interesting thing that this is the LeBron last because assuming Topps doesn't get their license back and LeBron has the upper deck contract when LeBron retires, Panini won't make any more cards of him. It's so this could be the last Topps LeBron Topps Chrome ever. For a guy that only has six years of Topps Chrome cards, this would be his last one. Yeah. So this card sold for all-time high of 10.5. The public sales, obviously. 10.5 on uh, March 21st. So 8,500 feels pretty good to me. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I feel very good about all things LeBron. He said it's a grail card, so it doesn't sound like he's going to be flipping Mm -hmm. it anytime soon. So yeah, you know. Let's say he flips it 20 years from now. I feel pretty good about you know this this card and the LeBron market long term. It sold for $443 on May 30th, 2019. I don't know how you guys feel about that. <laughs> All right, what do we got? The winner to me has to be the Jay-Z. has to be Dave. Yeah, I think it's a full-on sweep. To spend less than $100 and turn it into 6800 with two remaining. I mean, again, that's my whole thing on this is, you know, some of these are buys and that's super cool and some of these are like hey these could be good long term but this is making a play this is buying something flipping grading it having the patience having the hey i trust my gut i'm gonna buy multiple of these i love everything about it so to me it's dave and it's 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 my clear winner i agree aligned nice work dave congratulations dave made a play but again play of the week is brought to you by ebay your number one stop for all things cards and collectibles so tyler has to dip lou and i've got a couple things to wrap up here ty appreciate you joining us peace it's been a pleasure tyler i miss you already see you ty
But Lou, before I get into this week's releases, did you see the Dwayne Rock, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson sell? Oh, the one that was sold on Golden PSA ten. The topic of much conversation. What did it sell for? Eighty eight. Huh. That's after BP. I believe so. Hmm. Interesting. Intriguing. Figured I would mention it to you. All right, but this week's release is pretty. This is this is a substantial release week. You've got Tribute Baseball. You're a baseball guy. You've got Black Diamond Hockey. Select Football. 2021 Leaf Draft Blaster Boxes, Panini Contenders Optic Football. All of that comes out this week. Anything stand out? Select is the obvious answer here. Um, do we have any more tribute baseball? I would. I need to become more aware of because the more I've, I've thought about baseball, I, I want to really triple down on baseball in terms of collecting and things that I like. There is no high-end baseball product. It doesn't exist. In the in the way it, that's not true. It's not. I I don't think about a high-end baseball product the way I think about a flawless or a immaculate or a national treasures. Because the high-end ones aren't licensed and don't get the resale value. Yeah, that like it's just not there. So something like a tribute feels like a next level of product. Yeah, Dynasty, Transcendent, those are... Transcendent's the other one. Yeah, $27,000. Yeah, like, that's that's the kind of stuff I need to start getting more aware of, because if you choose to believe that there's upside in baseball, like I do, something like that feels like there's opportunity there, excuse me, so... um, that's on my mind, but select football is obviously the number one. Is is this the year select passes prism? So uh, I was talking to someone recently. I forget who it was. I forget the name of the person. Next week I will remember it and I will bring it up here. Uh, but recently, I believe select has like overtaken optic in terms of like like price points and even prism from time to time. I think pre- I think select premieres are starting to sell for very very interesting prices. I think you know when we'll really know the answer is how the market reacts with select retail. Are they, what are they doing? Is there anything different? Do we know what they're doing with that? Or like I don't know anything about it. I'm very intrigued. I've just heard it's coming. That's all I actually know about it. I'm so intrigued. Like it's I think about it daily now. So I think that will be interesting, right? Is there a lot more of it? Does that hurt the the resale value and is that the big argument with Prism versus Select is there's only once there's only ever been one Select product, Select Hobby or Select First Off the Line, right? Like that's a variation. This year you'll have hybrid boxes. You'll also have retail, right? Does producing more of it hurt the resale value because it's readily available? I think it's an interesting thing to watch because I, I prefer a Premier. I would much rather have a Silver Field level than a Prism Silver. Yeah. Don't of know, course. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying in terms of resale value. I'm just terming and saying in terms of you know my personal collection. What would I enjoy? I would say the field level. You know what's funny about Select? It's, it has all three. Yep. It has the it has the field level premium. It has the mid end, you know, concourse or premier. premier or whatever. And then there's like the base cards, which I think concourse. It's yeah. The uh, you've always said this as well. Select was meant to be the real one, right? Prism just became yep. it. So there's something to that. I continue to love select. I've been thinking a lot about select plays that I want to make for this season, whether that's Kyler. XRCs. Daniel Jones. I mean, XRCs are. Nice bonus in a nice product. I, it, it It's just, it's set up so it's well. It's one per hobby box, right? Is that what it is? Or one per case? XRCs. They're typically three. From my understanding, I would love to c- confirm this with Panini or someone. 
My understanding is, is in the past, they've been one per four boxes. So what is that, like two per case? Three per case. Three per case. Oh, it's a 12-box 12 12 case. case. Okay. Yep. Interesting. So case breaks are really the play if you're going to do a break, right? If you're someone like me who wants to participate. If you only want select, yes. Yeah, we won't case break it. It's uh, it's just one of those things. We'll do it with a bunch of mixers. Keeps costs down. Makes sense. The select is so expensive, right? So you'll do a expensive $1,500 to $2,000 box to select with some other stuff to get more value in there. But yeah, if you're into select, you're going to have the best shot at XR season in it with more product. Yeah, I am very interested. I'm really locked in on select. Yep, I agree. All right, guys, that is all we got for this week's episode. We will see you next week on Card Talk. Peace. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.